welcome back to you know what I've been wondering. I'm Sarah. And I'm a different woman. I'm Jane. Jane, I just have put so much effort into saying that like a normal person because Jane and I have been sitting here doing like our weird accent that we do to each other. And when I went, I didn't want to be like, hello, my name is Sarah. Welcome back to you know what I've been wondering. It's like, that's not, it's going to confuse them. Jane, like how's people, it going? Like, going fine um i feel like people are gonna be like oh they're making fun of like new york accents or boston accent no we're literally like this is like a mix of like a newsies accent i don't even know newsies on a mission like, kill the competition so the next edition what a fine life <laughs> i don't know where this came from it's true jane got a new laptop we've oh, been messing around with I the settings did, for an I hour did. Well, hopefully her sound is no it hasn't been half hour it's it's been half an hour i'm sorry so hopefully her sound is better not that it's been terribly like noticeable but there have been a couple of glitches here and there so hopefully and hopefully this will be like a consistently okay last week we spent like a full hour trying to get your microphone just to work so hopefully this won't happen now that everything's set up Mm -hmm. yeah i had several best buy employees like laugh at my old computer just when I said the name of it <laughs> like one I was like what do you have and it's like um an hp stream and they were like oh, well there's your problem and then I talked to a second guy and he was like well, what do you have and I said an hp stream and he went and he said huh, that's the problem I was like, oh, no. well there you go well, I don't have that anymore now I have a nice new one that I literally got less than an hour ago and we're playing with it and we're having fun yeah we're having fun we're having fun here it's we're having little fun here. and it's rose gold Oh my god, we both have rose gold laptops now. Wow. Wow. Wasn't even planned. Wasn't even planned. Yeah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, I'm fine. I was about to say I have nothing significant to add. Um, I am good. I'm very excited for us to play Hocus Pocus trivia tomorrow. That's going to be my happy for the week. Um, And I'm increasingly nervous about the election. That, that my mother might be present. Oh, <sighs> that is a plot twist. Um, yeah, the next time we record, actually probably not the next time we record, but the next episode that comes out will be after the U.S. election. So if we sound a certain <laughs> way in the episode, that's because the election hasn't happened yet. Not that we're going to know the results the day of. Do not expect another results and expect yeah. the red wave and then the blue surge, you know, as they say. Um, but next week's going to be a high anxiety week. I was like, should oh, yeah. I have requested off? Like, should I have taken off maybe the day after the election? I need a personal week. Um, I need a personal day. I thought about requesting off so I could go down to Pennsylvania, but election is mm. my roommate's birthday, and so I want to be here for that. But I did think about it. I am trying to volunteer on election day in New York now, though, as a mm-hmm. volunteer in lines to, like, keep morale high. You guys, though, unrelated. I need our listeners to know that today, before we started recording... Um, I was doodling in my notebook and I oh yeah drew a doodle and then the first thing Sarah did when we started talking was she <laughs> said I have to show you something and she turned off the lights and showed me that she had a crystal ball and then I <laughs> held up my doodle and it was a crystal ball isn't that creepy that's like the universe or yeah. something well we both like crystal balls too so like odds are yeah. <laughs> it would be weirder <laughs> if I was on the phone with my mom and I showed her a crystal ball and she was doodling a crystal ball, you know, <laughs> like we're odds con- are. We're spiritually connected, okay? We are. Okay, I'm just- sorry. Yeah. You're right, we are. Should we get started? Yeah.
Sure. <laughs> Tell me a scary story. I have all the lights off. I'm ready to be spooked. Okay, okay. We're reading creepy pastas this week. Yes, in order we for are. Maximum spook. Um, neither of us really read these beforehand, so here we go. Yeah, we'll just, <laughs> we're just gonna see. We just picked them based off of their minute, yeah. their reading length. I what I learned from my quick dive into creepypasta.com is that they're all either way too short or way too long. They're all either ninety minutes or three minutes, and it's like there's no in between. <laughs> but okay we both found ones that are about 20 and yeah we're gonna be great yeah yeah. yep okay here we go this one is entitled psychosis by matt demersky it starts with like a subtitle of sunday oh so maybe we're setting the day i'm wondering if the next one will be yeah i'm not sure why i'm writing this down on paper and not on my computer i guess i've just noticed some odd things it's not that i don't trust the computer dot 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 i just dot 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 need to organize my thoughts i need to get down all the details somewhere objective somewhere i know that what i write can't be deleted or changed not that that's what's happened it's just everything blurs together here and the fog of memory lends a strange cast to things there's a lot of ellipses in here and i'm trying to like <laughs> right to note that Convict with my the voice feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're doing a okay. great job with feeling, with feeling yeah i'm starting to feel cramped in this small apartment maybe that's the problem i just oh had God, to go and choose the cheapest apartment the only one in the basement <gasps> the lack of windows down here makes day and night seem to slip by seamlessly i haven't been out in a few days because i've been working on this programming project so intensively i suppose i just wanted to get it done hours and sitting hours of sitting and staring at a monitor can make anyone feel strange oh, i no. know but i don't think that's it i it can dude you're totally right I'm not sure when I first started to feel like something was odd. I can't even define what it is. Maybe I talked to anyone in a while. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no, you're back. Why does it keep doing that? There must be something going on with your computer that, like, it's just trying to do it through the the computer for some reason. Like, it's calibrating something. Maybe. Hang on. I think I should... I think I should plug in my computer. I don't know if that'll help. Jane's microphone Jane's microphone quit on us, so please excuse our audio sound. What do you mean it's not the headphones with the or something? What do you mean it's not, the, your little uh, your little recording bar is right next to your face? <gasps> I was sitting here. I was like, just record through your headphones, and she's like, I don't have those kind of headphones, and like her little thing is sitting literally next to her. And was they? Uh, let's pick up where I left off. Um, guy on his computer, but he's writing something in a notebook. He feels uncomfortable. We yes. Don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. okay, okay. I'm yeah. back to you. I'm not sure when I started to feel like something was odd. I can't even define what it is. Maybe I just haven't talked to anyone in a while. Mood. <laughs> That's the first... <laughs> me. <laughs> That's the first thing that crept up on me. Everyone I normally talk to online while I program has been idle. Or they've simply not logged on at all. My instant messages go unanswered. The last email I got from anybody was a friend saying he'd talk to me when he got back from the store, and that was yesterday. I'd call with my cell phone, but reception's terrible down here. Yeah, that's it. I just need to call someone. I'm going to go outside. Well, that didn't work so well, as the tingle of fears fade, I'm feeling a little ridiculous for being scared at all. 
I looked in the mirror before I went out, but I didn't shave the two-day stubble I've grown. I figured I was just going to go out for a quick cell phone call. I did change my shirt, though, because it was lunchtime, and I guessed that I'd run into at least one person I knew. That didn't end up happening. I wish it did. This starts. <laughs> when I went out, I opened the door to my small apartment slowly. A small feeling of apprehension had somehow already lodged itself into me for some indefinable reason. I chalked it up to having not spoken to anybody but myself for a day or two. I peered down the dingy gray hallway, made dingier by the fact that it was a basement hallway. On one end, a large metal door led to the building's furnace room. It was locked, of course. Two dreary soda machines stood by it. I bought a soda from one the first day I moved in, but it had a two-year-old expiration date. I'm fairly sure nobody knows these machines are even down here, or my cheap landlady doesn't just, just doesn't care to get them restocked. I see. I closed my door softly and walked the other direction, taking care not to make a sound. I have no idea why I chose to do that, but it was fun giving in to the strange impulse not to break the droning hum of the soda machine, at least for the moment. So he's just here for the aesthetic. <laughs> like, it's creepy and I want to keep it that way. Um, I got to the stairwell and I took the stairs up to the building's front door. I looked through the heavy door's small square window and received quite a shock. It was definitely not lunchtime. City gloom hung over the dark street outside and the traffic lights at the intersection in the distance blinked yellow. Dim clouds, purple and black from the glow of the city hung overhead. Nothing moved save a few sidewalk trees that shifted in the wind. I remember shivering, though I wasn't cold. Maybe it was the wind outside. I could vaguely hear it through the heavy metal door, and I knew it was that unique kind of late-night wind, the kind that was constant, <laughs> cold, and quiet, save for the rhythmic Aww. music it made as it passed through the countless unseen tree leaves. I decided not to go outside. This guy is skimping on the details. Yeah, he really is. I don't understand his thought processes. All right. Instead, I lifted my cell phone to the door's little window, and I checked the signal meter. The bars filled up the meter, and I smiled. I don't think that's how reception works. No, I don't think that's how reception works either. (laughs) Time to hear someone else's voice, I remember thinking, relieved. It was such a strange thing to be afraid of nothing. I shook my head, laughing at myself silently. I hit speed dial for my best friend Amy's number and held the phone up to my ear. It rang, tw- it rang once, but then it stopped. Nothing happened. I listened to silence for a good 20 seconds, then hung up. I frowned and looked at the signal meter again, still full. I went to dial her number again, but then my phone rang in my hand, startling me. I put it up to my ear. Hello, I asked, immediately fighting Hello? down small. <laughs> Hello. Me all the time. Hello. And then a robot voice goes, your extended warranty has expired and we need your social security ASAP. <laughs> uh, hello, I asked. <laughs> hello, I asked, immediately fighting down a small shock at hearing the first spoken voice in days, even if it wasn't my, even if it was my own. Oh, so he startled at his own voice. <laughs> I talk to myself all day long. Yeah, <laughs> no one is talking. I walk around going like, oh, it's all right. one There's time no I was shame. on a Zoom call. 
<laughs> I was on a class Zoom call and we were given like a 10 minute break and so everybody turned their camera off and I guess somehow I wasn't muted. I was, I was just sitting there going like, all right, so let's get a snack and some water. <laughs> and one of my classmates was like, Jane, you're, um, you're unmuted. I had gotten used to the droning hum of the building's inner workings, my computer, and the soda machines in the hallway. There was no response to my greeting at first. But then, finally, a voice came. Hey, said a clear male voice, obviously a college age like me. Who's this? John, I replied, confused. Oh, sorry, wrong number, he replied, then hung up. I lowered the phone slowly and leaned against the thick brick wall of the stairwell. That was strange. I looked at my received call list, but that number was unfamiliar. Before, mm. Yeah, because it was a wrong number. <laughs> Before I could think <laughs> on it further, <laughs> the phone rang loudly, shocking me again. This time, I looked at the caller before I answered. It was another unfamiliar number. This time, I held the phone up to my ear but said nothing. Dude, what? I heard nothing but the general background noise of a phone. Then, a familiar voice broke my tension. John was the single word. It was Amy's voice. I breathed a sigh of relief. Nothing creepy has happened so far. These are all normal things. Uh, yeah. John, was this, it was Amy's voice. I breathed a sigh of relief. Hey, it's you, I replied. Who else would it be? She responded. Oh, the number. I'm at a party on 7th Street and my phone died, just as you called me. This is someone else's phone, obviously. Oh, okay, I said. Where are you? She asked. My eyes glanced over the drab, whitewashed cylinder block walls and the heavy metal door with its small window. At my building, I sighed, just feeling cooped up. I didn't realize it was so late. You should come here, she said, laughing. Nah, I don't feel like looking for some strange place by myself in the middle of the night, I said, looking out the window <laughs> at the silent, windy street that secretly scared me just a tiny bit. This guy has anxiety. Me too. Um, <laughs> I think no I'm just going to keep working or go to bed. Nonsense, she replied. I can come get you. Your building is close to 7th Street, right? How drunk are you? I asked lightheartedly. You know where I live. Oh, of course, she said abruptly. I guess I can't get there by walking, huh? You could if you wanted to waste an hour, I told her. Ah, New York. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that life, you know. Right, she said. Okay, have to go. Good luck with your work. So she just gave up. <laughs> Yeah, he was, was like, like, no, 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 you're not worth it. She's like, okay, yeah. you're fine. I lowered Goodbye. the phone once more, looking at the numbers flash as the call ended. Then the droning silence suddenly reasserted itself in my ears. The two strange calls and the eerie street outside just drove me, just drove home my aloneness in this empty stairwell. Aww. Perhaps from having seen too many scary movies, I had the sudden inexplicable idea that something could look in the door's window and see me. Some sort of horrible entity that hovered at the edge of aloneness, just waiting to creep up on unsuspecting people that strayed too far from other human beings. I knew the fear was irrational, but nobody else was around, so I jumped down the stairs, ran down the hallway into my room, and closed the door as swiftly as I could while staying silent. Like I said, I feel a little ridiculous for being scared of nothing, and the fear has already faded. Writing this down helps a lot. It makes me realize that nothing is wrong. 
It filters out half-formed thoughts and fears and leaves only cold, hard facts. It's late. I got a call from a wrong number. Amy's phone died, so she called me back from another number. Nothing strange is happening. I'm with you, John. That's what I've been saying this whole time. Still, there was something a little off about that conversation. I know it could have been the alcohol she's had. Or was it even her that seemed off to me? Or was it? Yes, that was it. I didn't realize it until this moment, writing these things down. I knew writing things down would help. She said she was at a party. I'm really getting into it, you know? You are. <laughs> she said she was at a party, but I only heard silence in the background. Of course, that didn't mean anything in particular. She could have just gone outside to make the call. No, that couldn't be it either. I didn't hear the wind. I need to see if the wind is <laughs> you still can blowing. A hundred percent of the time, hear the wind outside, obviously. Through the phone. Through the phone, yeah. Yeah. Monday. We're in a new Monday. day now. I forgot to finish writing last night. <laughs> this is really stream of consciousness. I'm it not really sure is. what I expected to see when I ran up the stairwell and looked out the heavy metal door's window. I'm feeling ridiculous. Last night's fear seems hazy. <laughs> You're feeling ridiculous. I wonder why. <laughs> unreasonable to me now. I can't wait to go out into the sunlight. I'm going to check my email, shave, shower, and finally get out of here. Wait, I think I heard something. <laughs> the thing is that he specified that he's not typing this. He's writing this out in a notebook. So, like, it <laughs> right. just seems odd to me that he heard something and then wrote out, wait. Right. I, like, in I want a creepypasta it... that's text conversations. Because that's the real stuff. Like, just my stream of conscious texts to you. <laughs> it was thunder. That whole sunlight and fresh air thing didn't happen. I went out into the stairwell and up the stairs only to find disappointment. The heavy metal door's little window showed only flowing water as torrential rain slammed against it. <sighs> only a very dim, gloomy light filtered in through the rain. Mm -hmm. But at least I knew it was daytime, even if it was a gray, sickly wet day. Ew. I tried mm. looking out the window and waiting for lightning to illuminate the gloom, but the rain was too heavy and I couldn't make out anything more than vague, weird shapes moving at odd angles in the waves washing down the window. It's me Disappointed, outside. I turned around, but I didn't want to go back to my room. Instead, I wandered further up the stairs, past the first floor, <clears throat> and up the second. The stairs ended at the third floor, the highest floor in the building. I looked through the glass that ran up the outer wall of the stairwell, but it was that warped, thick kind that scatters the light. Not that there was much to see through the rain to begin with. So this guy's just wandering aimlessly through his building. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I've, I've been there. I opened the stairwell door and wandered down the hallway. The ten or so thick wooden doors, painted blue a long time ago, were all closed. I listened as I walked, but it was the middle of the day, so I wasn't surprised that I heard nothing but the rain outside. As I stood there in the dim hallway, listening to the rain, I had the strange fleeting impression that the doors were standing like silent granite monoliths erected by some ancient forgotten civilization for some unfathomable guardian purpose. Wow, this guy's really beginning to use some bigger words here. Um, lightning flashed, and I could have sworn that just for a moment, the old grainy blue wood looked like rough stone. 
I laughed at myself for letting my imagination get the best of me. But then it occurred to me that the dim gloom and lightning must mean that there was a window somewhere in the hallway. A vague memory surfaced, and I suddenly recalled that the third floor had an alcove and an inset window hallway down the floor's hallway. Halfway down the floor's hallway. Excited to look out into the rain and possibly see another human being, I quickly walked over to the alcove, finding the large thin glass window, rain washed down it as the front door's window, as with the front door's window, but I could open this one. I reached a hand out to slide it open, but hesitated. I had the strangest feeling that if I opened that window, I would see something absolutely horrifying on the other side. Everything's been so odd lately. So I came up with a plan and I came back here to get what I needed. I don't seriously think anything will come of it, but I'm bored, it's raining and I'm going stir crazy. I came back to get my webcam. The cord isn't long enough to reach the third floor by any means. So instead I'm going to hide it between the two soda machines in the dark end of my basement hallway. I run the wire along the wall and under my door and put black duct tape under the wire to blend it in with the black plastic strips that runs along the base of the hallway's walls. He's setting up a whole operation here. He really I know is. This is. This is home alone. <laughs> I know this is silly, but I don't have anything better to do. Quarantine be like. <laughs> Coronavirus be like. <laughs> no, I'm this just going to tape thing. down these wires in my hallway, even though I'm going to move it shortly, just for fun. Just for something to do. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Well, nothing's happened. <laughs> I propped open the hallway to stairwell door, steeled myself, and then flung the heavy front door wide open and ran like hell down the stairs to my room and slammed the door. I watched the webcam on my computer intently, seeing the hallway outside my door and most of the stairwell. I'm watching it right now and I don't see anything interesting. I just wish the camera's position was different so that I could see the front door. <gasps> hey, someone's online. I got an older, less functional webcam that I had in my closet to video chat with my friend online. I couldn't really explain to him why I wanted to video chat, but it felt good to see another person's face. I couldn't talk very long and we didn't talk about anything meaningful, but I feel much better. <laughs> I'm glad. My strange fear has almost passed. I would feel completely better, but there was something odd about our conversation. I knew that I've said everything has seemed odd, but still, he was very vague in his responses. I can't recall one specific thing he said, no particular name or place or event, but he did ask for my email address to keep in touch. Well, I just got an email. This guy has two webcams, but he doesn't have an email, but he just got an email address. But <laughs> I don't understand his life. That doesn't add <laughs> up. Someone who's, for someone who seems to be working remotely. Um, also, okay. he's saying that he's <laughs> writing this and clearly we're reading it on a computer. Like, did he type it all up? Like, is this someone, like, is this like a found thing? Like, and then someone else yeah. typed it up? Yeah. What's going on there? Maybe, I don't know. I'm about to go out. I just got an email from Amy that asked me to meet her for dinner at the who place we Amy? usually go to. She's the friend from the phone call. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love pizza, and I've just been eating random food from my poorly stocked fridge for days, so I can't wait. Wow. <laughs> this guy's really relatable. He really is. <laughs> Again, I feel ridiculous about the odd couple of days I've been having. 
he's also got really low self-esteem. He does. Like you're allowed I should to destroy this out. journal when I get back. Aww. Oh, another email. Oh my God. Imagine I, oh. writing in your journal. Oh, another email. I would write it so many times. I get so many random emails. Same. Okay, time has passed. Those stars are. Oh my God, I almost left the email. <laughs> he was wearing glasses to show that time had passed. Oh my God, I almost left the email and opened the door. I almost opened the door. I almost opened the door, but I read the email first. It was from a friend I hadn't heard from in a long time, and it was sent to a huge number of emails that must have been every person he had saved in his address list. It had no subject. It said simply, How does he have his email? Seeing with your own eyes. Email. I thought, wait, how does he have that? I thought he just made the email. Yeah, that's true. How does this friend have this email? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's telepathic. Anyway, he's, he's getting a spam he email. every person's email. Yeah. All right. Well, he's getting a spam email. He, maybe when he got it, he like put a Facebook post or something <laughs> that was like, just make an email, comment with your email address. And then he spent, sent out an email address, to, an email to everybody who commented. Like, hey, sure. it's John. I'm really digging into this, but sure. I'm a grandfather. I'm a grandfather. Um, so the email just said, seen with your own eyes, don't trust them, they. Don't okay, trust non-binary. What the hell is that supposed to mean? No. No, that's <laughs> Well, John correctly says, what the hell is that supposed to mean? The words shock me, and I keep going over them. Is it a desperate email just sent, <gasps> sent just as something happened? The words are obviously cut off without finishing. Oh, okay. On any other day, I would have dismissed this as spam from a computer virus or something. But the words, seen with your own eyes. I can't help but read over this journal and think back to the last few days and realize that I have not seen another person with my own eyes or talked to another person face to face. The webcam conversation with my friend was so strange, so vague, so eerie. Now that I think about it, was it eerie? Oh, make up your mind, John. I feel or like is this is just a horror story about someone freaking out about having anxiety or like depression. Like, Which is relatable. So anybody. Give him a chance. It's true. It's true. Or was it fear clouding my memory? My mind toys with the progression of events I've written here, pointing out that I have not been presented with one single fact that I did not specifically give out unsuspectingly. The random wrong number that got my name and the subsequent strange return call from Amy, the friend that asked for my email address, I messaged him first when I saw him online and then I got my first email a few minutes after that conversation. Oh my god! That phone call with Amy, I said over the phone, I said I was within a half hour's walk of 7th Street. They know I'm near there. That's still not close enough for them to know where you live. Right. I live within a half hour's walk of a street. Right. Like, <laughs> they need more, no, way more they know there. I'm near. It's like if someone is in Williamsburg and I was like, they didn't call me. I also live in Brooklyn, even though I live on the <laughs> other side of Brooklyn. What if they're trying to find me? Where is everyone else? Why haven't I seen or heard from anyone else in days? Because you haven't gone outside. They know, oh wait, I just read that. No, no, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. I need to calm down. This madness needs to end. Well, at the beginning, it was like Sunday and then Monday, but now there's just like stars in between mm. paragraphs mm -hmm. that just mean like new entry. Right. I don't know what to think. 
I ran about my apartment furiously, holding my cell phone up to every corner to see if I got a signal through the heavy walls. Finally, in the tiny bathroom near one ceiling corner, I got a single bar. Holding my phone there, I sent a text message to every number on my list. I would never do that. <laughs> Not wanting to never. betray anything about my unfound fears, I simply sent, you seen anyone face to face lately? <laughs> That's a COVID text if I ever. At this point, I just wanted any reply back. I didn't care what the reply was or if I embarrassed myself. I tried to call someone a few times, but I couldn't get my head up high enough. And if I brought my cell phone down even an inch, it lost signal. Then I remembered the computer and rushed over to it, instant messaging everyone online. Most were idle or away from their computer. When was this written? No one IMs anymore, except for like DMing, I guess. I'm, anyway, um, nobody responded. My messages grew more and more frantic, and I started telling people where I was and to stop by in person for a host of barely passable reasons. I didn't care about anything by that point. I just needed to see another person. I also tore my, apart my apartment looking for something that I might have missed, some way to contact another human being without opening the door. I know it's crazy. I know it's unfounded. But what if, what if, if I just need to be sure, I taped the phone to the ceiling in case what all right tuesday the phone rang exhausted from the night's rampage i must have fallen asleep i woke up to the phone ringing and ran into the bathroom stood on the toilet and flipped open the phone taped to the ceiling it's a flip phone it was amy and i feel so much better she, she was really worried about me and apparently had been trying to contact me since the last time I talked to her. She's coming over now. And yes, she knows where I am without me telling her. I feel so embarrassed. Oh. I'm definitely throwing this journal away before anyone sees it. I don't even know why I'm writing it now. Maybe it's just because it's the only communication I've had at all since God knows when. This isn't communication. You're just writing. You're just talking to yourself. Also, I feel like he, if he's really this desperate to just see another human face, he should just, like, go to a coffee shop. Right. It's not that hard. Clearly, but he lives I within think... a 30 minutes walk of something. Yeah. I think the reason, though, is that every time he tries to go to the front door, he gets a weird fear that he can't explain. So he that's, has agoraphobia. That's... This is... <laughs> this is he has a, agoraphobia, but he's, person. like, desperate for people to see. But he wants them to come to him, which is okay. So he's just, a, um, he's just an agoraphobe. <laughs> Um, I look like hell too. <laughs> yep, me too. Um, I looked in the mirror before I came back in here. My eyes are sunken. My stubble is thicker and I just generally look unhealthy. <laughs> I think I need someone else to see what I've been through. These what? past few days have not been normal. I am not one to imagine things. I know I have been the victim of extreme probability I probably missed seeing another person a dozen times. I just happened to go out when it was late at night or in the middle of the day when everyone was gone. Everything's perfectly fine. I know this now. Plus, I found something in the closet last night that has helped me tremendously. A television. You had a television in your closet that you forgot you had? What? Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. This guy, I don't understand it. I don't trust I this set guy. It up just, what else is I in really feel like, like a seventh grader wrote this in 1999. Yeah. Or like, yeah 2003 right i set it up just before i wrote this and it's on in the background 
television has always been an escape for me <laughs> and it reminds me that there's a world beyond these dingy brick walls. I'm glad Amy's the only one that responded to me after last night's frantic pestering of everyone I could contact. Aww. She's been my best friend for years. She doesn't know it, but I count the days that I met her among one of the few moments of true happiness in my life. Aww. Aww. I remember that warm summer day fondly. It seems different. It seems a different reality from the dark, rainy, lonely place. I feel like I spent days sitting in that playground much too old to play, just talking with her and hanging around doing nothing at all. I still Aww. feel like I can go back to that moment sometimes, and it reminds me that this damn place is not all there is. Finally, a knock on the door. Time passes. I thought it was odd that I couldn't hear, that I couldn't see through the camera I hid between the two soda machines. What? I figured it was bad positioning. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Like, when I couldn't see out the front door. I should have known. I should have known. After the knock, I, I yelled known. to the... should the world was wide enough. <laughs> Sorry. Washington is watching from the other side of the webcam. After the knock, I yelled through the door jokingly that I had a camera between the soda machines because I was embarrassed myself that I had taken this paranoia so far. After I did that, I saw her image walk over to the camera and look down at it. She smiled and waved. Hey, she said to the camera brightly, giving it a wry look. It's weird, I know, I said to the mic attached to my computer. Wait, so he set up a speaker on the camera? <laughs> yeah, Whatever. this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've had a weird few days. Must have, she replied. Open the door, John. I hesitated. How could Tom? I be sure? Yes, we've said this several times, Sarah. You gotta pay attention. I'm start quizzing you. I'm sorry. Um, I hesitated. How could I be sure? Sure of what? I don't understand what he's saying. Hey, humor me a second here. I told her through the mic. Tell me one thing about us. Just prove to me that you're you. I'm going to do this every time you come over now. <laughs> she gave the camera a weird look. Um, all right, she said, slowly thinking. We met randomly Wait, in a she's playground. she's looking at the we camera between the two. So when he speaks, he's coming through the camera so that she knows that they're between the two soda machines yes this doesn't make any sense well he said to her that it, that was where it was um okay she said slowly we met randomly at a playground when we were both way too old to be there i sighed deeply as reality returned and fear faded god i'd been so ridiculous of course it was amy that day wasn't anywhere in the world except in my memory I'd never even mentioned it to anyone, not out of embarrassment, but out of a strange secret nostalgia and a longing for those days to return. Also, you don't need to tell everybody about every day of your life. Like, I don't meet somebody and be like, oh, you, you know, I don't know where I met my best friend. Like, right. <laughs> sometimes you just don't tell people random things. If there was some unknown force at work trying to trick me, as I feared, there was no way they could have known about that day. Ha ha, all right, I'll explain everything. I told her, be right there. I ran to my small bathroom and fixed my hair as best I could. I looked like hell, but she would understand. Snickering at my own unbelievable behavior and the mess I'd made out of the place, I walked to the door. I put my hand on the doorknob and gave the mess one last look. So ridiculous, I thought. My eyes traced over the half-eaten food lying on the ground, the overflowing trash bin, and the bed I tipped to the side looking for God knows what. I almost turned to the door and opened it, but my eyes fell on one last thing. 
the old webcam, the one I used for that eerie vacant chat with my friend. Its silent black sphere lay haphazardly tossed to the side. Its lens pointed at the table where this journal lay. An overwhelming terror took me as I realized that if something could see through the camera, it would have seen what I wrote about that day. I asked her for any one thing about us and she chose the only one thing in the world that I thought they, that I thought they or did not know. What? I think that sentence is a typo. Yeah. But it did. It did know. It could have been watching me the whole time. I didn't open the door. I screamed. I screamed in, in uncontrollable terror. I stomped at an, the old webcam on the floor. The door shook. The doorknob tried to turn, but I didn't hear Amy's voice through the door. Was the basement door made to keep out drafts too thick? Or was Amy not outside? What could have been trying to get in if not her? What the hell is out there? I saw her on my computer through the camera outside. I heard her on the speakers through the camera outside. But was it real? How can I know? She's gone now. I screamed and shouted for help. I piled up everything in my apartment against the front door. Friday. Whoa, what happened to Wednesday and Thursday, man? Yeah, did he sleep the whole time? Because that's a pandemic. No, he jumped ahead in time. So he's basically afraid that everyone in the world is out to get him no. and there's no one left out there uh-huh. and what's left out there is like spying on him and trying to get to him mood i i get it i mean this thing is called psychosis so yeah yeah i guess we just have to put ourselves in his paranoid mindset yes friday at least i think it's friday i broke everything electronic i smashed my computer to pieces Every single thing on there could have been accessed by network access or worse, altered. I'm a programmer, I know. Every little piece of information I gave out since this started, my name, my email, my location, none of it came back from outside until I gave it out. Yeah, that's how, how it works. No one knows your name until you tell them your name. No one knows your... Uh, I, okay, I, and anyway, sorry. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm catching up with him. All right. I've been going over and over what I wrote. I've been pacing back and forth, alternating between stark terror and overpowering disbelief. Sometimes I'm absolutely certain some phantom entity is dead set on the simple goal of getting me to go outside. Yeah, this feels like he's just developing agoraphobia before our eyes. And I, yeah, yep. mm -hmm. I feel um, bad for him. Yeah. Back to the beginning with the phone call with Amy. She was effectively asking me to open the door and go outside. Yes, she was your friend asking you to come hang out. Yeah, she was I trying to get you running. to see a person because you're yeah. doing this. Yeah. I keep running through it in my head. One point of view says I've acted like a madman and all of this extreme convergence of probability, never going outside at the right times by pure luck, never seeing another person by pure chance getting a random nonsense email from some computer virus at just the right time. The other point of view says that extreme convergence of probability is the reason that whatever's out there has, hasn't gotten me already. I keep thinking, I never opened the window on the third floor. I never opened the front door until that incredibly stupid stunt with the hidden camera after which I ran straight to my room and slammed the door. I haven't opened the, my own solid door since I flung open the front door of the building. Whatever's out there, if anything's out there, 
never made an appearance in the building before I opened the front door. Maybe the reason it wasn't in the building already was that it was elsewhere getting everyone else. And then it waited until I betrayed my existence by trying to call Amy, a call which didn't work until it called me and asked my name. Hmm. Hmm. Terror literally overwhelms me every time I try to fit the pieces of this nightmare together. That email, short, cut off. Was it from someone trying to get word out? Some friendly voice desperately trying to warn me before it came? Seeing with my own eyes, don't trust them. Exactly what I've been so suspicious of. It could have, it could have masterful control of all things electronic practicing its insidious deception to trick me into coming outside. Why can't it get in? It knocked on the door. It must have some solid presence. The door, the image of those doors in the upper hallway as the guardian monolith flashes back in my mind every time I trace this path of thought. If there is some phantom entity trying to get me to go outside, maybe it can't get through doors. I keep thinking back over the books I've read or movies I've seen, trying to generate some explanation for this. Doors have always been such intense foci of, imagine, of human imagination, always seen as wards or portals of special importance, or perhaps the door is just too thick. I know that I can't, one second. Oh, never mind. Um, I know that I couldn't bash through any of the doors in this building, let alone the heavy basement one. Aside from that, the real question is, why does it even want me? If it just wanted to kill me, it could do it any number of ways, including just waiting until I starve to death. What if it doesn't want to kill me? What if it has some far more horrific fate in store for me? God, what can I do to escape this nightmare 2020 <laughs> be like? <gasps> a knock on the door. <gasps> See, the thing is, I think this guy has a good idea. I think he's just setting it up. I think he just needs work on the, yeah, on the setup, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I told the people on the other side of the door, I need a minute to think, and then I'll come out. It's like I'm his really parents. just <laughs> John. John? I'm really... <laughs> I'm really just writing this down so I can figure out what to do. At least this time I heard their voices, my paranoia, and yes, I recognize I'm being paranoid, has me thinking all sorts of ways that their voices could be faked electronically. There could be nothing but speakers outside, simulating human voices. Did it really take them three days to come talk to me? Amy is supposedly out there, along with two policemen and a psychiatrist. Maybe it took them three days to think of what to say to me. The psychiatrist's claim could be pretty convincing. If I decided to think that this has all been a crazy misunderstanding and not some entity trying to trick me into opening the door. The psychiatrist has an older voice, authoritarian, but still caring. I liked it. I'm desperate just to see someone with my own eyes. He said I have something called cyber psychosis, and I'm just one of a nationwide epidemic of thousands of people having breakdowns triggered by a suggestive email that got through somehow. I swear he said got through somehow. I think he means spread throughout the country inexplicably, but I'm incredibly suspicious that the entity slipped up and revealed something. He said I am part of a wave of emergent behavior, that a lot of other people are having the same problem 
with the same fears, even though we've never communicated. That neatly, <clears throat> that neatly explains the strange email about eyes that I got. I didn't get the original triggering email. I got a descendant of it. My friend could have broken down too and tried to warn everyone he knew against his paranoid fears. That's how the problem spreads, the psychiatrist claimed. I could have spread it too with my texts and instant messages online to everybody I know. One of those people might be melting down right now after being triggered by something I sent them, something they might interpret any way they want, something like a text saying, seen anyone's face to face lately? I forgot he texted that. Yeah. <laughs> the psychiatrist told me that he didn't want to lose another one that people like me are intelligent and that's our downfall. We draw connections so well that we draw them even when they shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's called anxiety. It's hard. He said it's easy to get caught up in paranoia in our fast-paced world, a constantly changing place where more and more of our interaction is, stim is simulated. 2020. <clears throat> I have to give him one thing. It's a great explanation. It, ex it neatly explains everything. It perfectly explains everything, in fact. I have every reason to shake off this nightmarish fear that something or consciousness or being out there wants me to open the door so that it can capture me for some horrible fate worse than death. It would be foolish, after hearing that explanation, to, say, to stay in here until I starve to death, just to spite the entity that might have gotten that might have gone everywhere else. It might have got everyone else. It would be foolish to think that after hearing that explanation, I might be one of the last people left alive on an empty world, hiding in my secure basement room, spiting some unthinkable deceptive entity just by refusing to be captured. It's a perfect explanation for every single strange thing I've seen or heard, and I have every reason in the world to let all of my fears go and open the door. That's exactly why I'm not going to. <laughs> How can I be sure? How can I know what's real and what's deception? All of these damn things with their wires and their signals that originate from some unseen origin, they're not real. I can't be sure. Signals from, through a camera, faked video, deceptive phone calls, emails, even the television lying broken on the floor. He broke the TV. He liked Aww, the TV. That's what he was doing How can in those I... two days. He broke the television. Oh, no. Yeah. How can I possibly know it's real? It's just signals, waves, light. The door. It's bashing on the door. It's trying to get in. What insane mechanical contrivance could it be using to simulate the sound of men attacking the heavy wood so well? At least it's fine. At least I'll finally see it with my own eyes. There's nothing left in here for it to deceive me with. I've ripped apart everything else. It can't deceive my eyes, can it? Seen with your own eyes, don't trust them, they. Wait, was that desperate message telling me to trust my own eyes or warning me about my own, or warning me about my eyes too? Oh no. I don't understand. Okay, whatever. Oh my God, what's the difference between a camera and my eyes? Oh my God, <laughs> this is getting real. <laughs> They allowed. both turn light into electrical signals. They're the same. I can't be deceived. I have to be sure. I have to be sure. Oh, I'm so nervous. He's going to gouge his eyes out. Oh, no. Date unknown. <gasps> Let me see how much longer of this I have. Okay, it's not too much more. 
I calmly asked for paper and pen day in and day out until it finally gave them to me. <gasps> Not that it matters. What am I going to do? Poke my eyes out? Okay, he didn't. Okay, thank God. Maybe. But also, is he in a like psych ward now? I, I don't know. The bandages feel like part of me now. <gasps> what is the bandages? The pain is gone. I figure this will be one of my last chances to write legibly as without my sight to correct No, he mistake. did gouge his eyes out. That's why he was oh, saying no, 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 because he already did it. Already did. Oh. My hands will slowly forget the motions involved. This is sort of self-indulgence. This writing is a relic of another time because I'm certain everyone left in the world is dead or something far worse. <gasps> so he can't even see other people, so he has no, like, way to prove so he to just himself. Believes, yeah, he just believes that everybody's gone. I mean, like, you can still hear other people, but he doesn't trust his own he senses. Trust, yeah, he doesn't trust his senses anymore. <gasps> I sit against the padded wall day in and day out. The entity brings me food and water. It masks itself as a kind nurse, as an unsympathetic doctor. I think it knows that my hearing has sharpened considerably now that I live in darkness. It fakes conversations in the hallway on, an, on the off chance that I might overhear. One of the nurses talks about having a baby soon. One of the doctors lost his wife in a car accident. None of it Aww. matters. None of it is real. None of it gets to me. Not like she does. Who's she? Oh, that's the worst part. The part I almost can't handle. The thing that comes to me masquerading as Amy. Honey, what if it really is Amy? I knew, I knew he was going to say the person pretending to be Amy. Oh, this is all starting recreation to be is trusting perfect. Amy. Oh, it's recreation is perfect. It sounds exactly like Amy, feels exactly like her. It even produces a reasonable facsimile of tears that it makes me feel on its lifelike cheeks. Oh. When it first dragged me here, it told me all of the things I wanted to hear. It told me that she loved me, that she had always loved me, and that it didn't understand why I did this, that we still could have a life together if only I would stop insisting that I was being deceived. It wanted me to believe, no, it needed me to believe that she was real. I almost fell for it, I really did. I doubted myself for the longest time. In the end though, it was too perfect flawless and too real the false amy used to come every day and then every week and finally stopped coming altogether <gasps> oh, but i don't God. think the entity will give up i think the waiting game is just another one of its gambits it will resist for the rest of its of my life if i have to or i will resist for the rest of my life if i have to i don't know what happened to the rest of the world but i do know that this thing needs me to fall for its deceptions if it needs that then maybe, just maybe, I am a thorn in its agenda. Maybe Amy is still alive out there somewhere, kept alive only by my will to resist the deceiver. I hold on to that hope, rocking back and forth in my cell to pass the time. I will never give in. I will never break. I am dot, 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 a hero. <laughs> Here's the last little paragraph. The doctor read the paper to a patient. The doctor read the paper the patient had scribbled on. It was barely readable, written in the shaky script of one who could not see. He wanted to smile at the man's steadfast resolve, a reminder of the human will to survive, but he knew that the patient was completely delusional. After all, 
a sane man would have fallen for the deception a long time ago. The doctor wanted to smile. He wanted to whisper words of encouragement to the delusional man. He wanted to scream, but the nerve filaments wrapped around his head and into his eyes made him do otherwise. His body walked into the cell like a puppet and told the patient once more that he was wrong and that there was nobody trying to deceive him. <gasps> okay, so does that mean that he's right? So the, they are? Like, this whole thing, there's like creatures trying... <laughs> that was a twist. I don't, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he's right, if, if there's these creatures, I don't understand what their goal is. So if it were me, I would just give in. I'd be like, whatever, kill me. Because at this point, he's so miserable. Like, R.I.P. to him, but I'm different. Like, <laughs> R.I.P. to him, but I'm different. Okay, so, spoiler, it's the next day. I guess it's not a spoiler, but it's tomorrow <laughs> now. Um, just because Jane... you're right doesn't mean you're interested. <laughs> Um, Jade and I went to bed after her story and now it's tomorrow. It's four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm aware that the episode is late, but I'm going to need you to be a little flexible. Listen, the world's insane right now, people. Yeah, some and slack. I, I really don't think our podcast coming out of this regularly scheduled time is helping anybody feel better. So I don't <laughs> think it's going to make that big of a difference. Um, I would, however, like to bring up some good news. Uh, as you probably could tell, Jane's microphone had some issues in the midst of recording this episode. So last night and this morning, I filed a warranty claim and now Jane can get a new microphone and they're going to send her money. Yes! And I love that for her. So I actually had two picked out and I was going to like pick in the moment um or like yeah. ask you which one you would prefer but one of them i found out after a brief search is by the same guy that wrote psychosis <gasps> oh no so i'm not gonna read that one okay <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of a letdown but the, like he's like the most highly rated writer on creepypasta and he publishes on short story collection of scary stories so people must I, I really like him I mean, I chose psychosis from, like, the top rated on creepypasta.com list. Yeah. So, but I think people like his stories because they all are, like, allegories for illnesses. Like, uh, the one you read was about agoraphobia and mania. And this one mm -hmm. was an allegory about Alzheimer's, apparently. So, mm. I'm not going to read that one. Instead, I'm reading one about something else we've talked about recently, which is Cthulhu. <gasps> oh, Yeah. So this Lovecraft. apparently is a Cthulhu mythos story. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know what who Cthulhu is because oh. I'm not I'm not up on my Lovecraft. Google Cthulhu, and then the movie Underwater, like Google Cthulhu, Cthulhu Underwater movie. Spoiler alert: the monster in <laughs> Underwater is revealed to be Cthulhu. It's a good movie. I watched it, even though it was very scary because it takes place in the deep sea. But there were, no fish. there were no fish. Just Cthulhu. Just Cthulhu. <laughs> he's very scary. He looks scary. He looks scary. Yeah, he's like a big octopus looking guy. Yeah. Um, so this is apparently a story about um, Cthulhu. Okay, creepy. Are you ready? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm just another kind of girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this story has also has an 8.25 rating, which I thought was pretty high. So here, here goes nothing. All right. Okay. 
Again, I have to get on my serious storytelling thing and not my weird accent. Okay. <laughs> the darkness is insurmountable here. The air reeks of salt water, decaying fish, and other human stenches that I cannot even begin to imagine, even if I felt the desire to. An unearthly black fog has settled over the city as it does every night, and I yearn for a daylight that feels as though it may never come. The night in Malaviara is oppressive, almost as though it were not night at all, but rather the natural state of the world around the city. Of course, there is hardly a problem with the town itself. The problem is what inhabits the town. Beneath the cover of darkness that invades the streets every night, I can hear the sounds of shuffling, weary feet drunkenly stumbling towards some unknowable destination, if one actually exists. From outside, I can hear the sharp words of ghouls wandering around, starting fights and wreaking havoc. The one place that they never venture is Port Luna, for all of Malaviara knows never to descend to the seaside before the sun had broke over the horizon. I thought Story. you were about to say that this took place in Portland when you said I heard the port sound. I was oh. like, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. Keep... <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Stories of disappearances and unexplained occurrences led to the superstitions and urban legends of deceiving de demons and malevolent spirits haunting the area. Instead, these creatures, for they could never be called human, roam the streets throughout the rest of the city, a nightly disease that infects the city once dusk falls that is purged as soon as the sun rises. Life here is almost unthinkably dangerous. And yet, I call Malaviara home. The grim undertakings of the nocturnal do not consist of life in Malaviara, rather as a mere part of life. During the day, the city is an entirely different place. The oceanside air carries a scent of tranquility and freshness through the streets. Which, the, a, a four-year-old today used the word tranquility to me, and I didn't know how to handle it. Anyway. Um, the people who fill the roads with the daily hustle and bustle are polite and kind, and I used to have friends among them. Oh, used to. The sun over her overhead shines down, and when I look out to sea from the port and behold the glistening waters shimmering beneath the warm sunlight, I think there is no jewel upon this earth that can rival its beauty. If the city truly is cursed, it only reveals itself at night. When the sun takes on that dark blue hue, the clouds fade under the cover of night, families retreat into their homes and lock the doors, and the sea loses that glimmering beauty. I, too, barricade myself in my quarters to wait out another night. It yeah, has been quarantine. That way. Yeah, quarantine. It's been that way for as long as I can remember, and it will be this way until the ocean itself rises, seizes the city in its wet grip, and drags Malaviara down to the briny depths. I would be content with this cruise system were it not for a particular night that I spent outside the safety of my home. I'm a man. Oh, it's a man. I, th I was assuming it was a woman. I don't know why. I am a man who has survived a Malaviaran night, but at the unexpected cost of my very sanity. Whatever still dwindles within my head presents to you with what I can recollect of that terrible night, but with this dire warning. Never go outside in Malaviara at night. <sighs> I was a young man of about 24 years when it happened. Oh, all right. 
And I am ashamed to admit it, I was not of an agreeable reputation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Scandy. Oh. Indeed, I had made mistakes in my life regarding my career choices, though were it not so damned easy, I would not have been bothered. At my side was a fellow whom I had long revered and called a friend. His name was Amicus, and together we managed to successfully swindle many sailors out of their money. <gasps> they're, they're pirates. They're crooks. <laughs> our original scam was relatively was a relatively simple one also in my head i've already decided that we're amicus i'm trying to i'm gonna find out which which one is the narrator and which one's amicus but i'm self inserting ourselves into the story oh, okay 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 um our original scam was a relatively simple one in addition to docks holding large ships from faraway places port luna also held a thriving market that began at dawn and ended shortly before dusk Sailors would come to trade with local merchants, and Amicus and I would disguise ourselves as such in order to fool the sailors into buying our goods. The items in question, such as fruit or spices, were actually purchased from other stalls. We would then sell them to sailors for twice the price, which meant that we would purchase a dozen apples or oranges for six pieces and then sell them to sailors for 12 or 13 on days that we felt particularly bold. Who would pay $13 for an apple? I don't know. I have no idea. They must have told them it was like a special apple. Mm-hmm. On one occasion, we sold a dozen oranges to a group for 30 pieces. They were outraged, but begrudgingly paid the 30 pieces after we informed <laughs> them that, due to a drought, it had been a difficult season for harvest. The sailors, who had been out to sea for so long that they had become desperately in need of fruit, were pitifully easy to fool. <laughs> desperately mm-hmm. in need of fruit, me. <laughs> you know, they got, like, scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> Over time, our scams became more elaborate. Sorry, water break. We would take simple balls and paint them to resemble fruit. Oh my god, that's awful. Before filling a crate with them, stacking real fruit on top in order to conceal the deceit. We would then deliver the crate to a newly arrived ship for the ludicrous price of 50 pieces, and the captain, upon inspecting the fruit on top, would pay us. Soon we realized painting all of the balls was unnecessary effort, and instead wedged a large piece of cardboard halfway into the box, filling the bottom part beneath it with sand to make up for the difference of weight and to give the illusion of it being full of fruit. These guys are crooks! We garnered a notorious <laughs> reputation around Port Luna, though our tricks continued to prove effective for many months, as sailors would not fathom our treachery until they had long departed out into the sea, at which point it was far too late to voyage back to Malaviara. Of those who were so infuriated that they returned to the port to seek us out, we would simply leave the port and not return until we were absolutely sure it was safe. It was in this fashion that we operated for months until the day came that I had never anticipated would find me trapped on the streets of Malaviara after dark. Amicus and I were convincing the captain of a crew of a newly arrived sailor with the quality of our product, which, for the curious, was a simple crate containing a dozen or so oranges, our carefully made fakes, and the sand. When a delivery boy happened to pass us from the same stall that had sold us the oranges a week prior, he caught on to our trick once he spotted the oranges and loudly informed the captain of our attempted trickery and stated that the oranges were not only soon to be overripe, but were no longer fresh. However, the captain still seemed uncertain, and we may have still salvaged the scam with our pride intact had the delivery boy not gestured to Amica's face and declared it as a dishonest face. This short remark irritated Amicus so fiercely that he, holding the crate with one arm, made to grab the boy with the other hand and was so careless as to let the crate fall from his grip. Upon hitting the dock, the crate broke in half, spilling ripe fruit, balls, and sand at the captain's feet. He must have been warned of our scams by other sailors, for at the revelation of our deception, his face became quite red, and he reached for the cut for the cutlass at his belt. The first, 
few raindrops of a seaside storm fell as Amicus and I hurried away, leaving the crate where it lie like a monument of our shameful falsehoods on the dock. Amicus and I were forced to flee from the wrath of not only the sailors, but the police overseeing the market when the delivery boy alerted them to our tricks. Amicus and I tore out of Port Luna into the streets, spurred onward by that fabled adrenaline rush of fear as the sailors yelled as the sailors yelled profanity as they pursued us and the policemen blew their whistles as they attempted to maintain order these are very long sentences <laughs> she takes a sip of water <laughs> a lot of commas i remember <laughs> i remember roughly bumping into a woman on the street as i hastened to keep pace with my friend knocking her to the ground and sending the foods that she had been carrying in a basket into the air though i hardly noticed at the time well i was fucking cute <laughs> no, it's rude. <laughs> Instead, all that mattered was our escape. Can that woman probably like lost that food? <laughs> Fortunately, at that moment, the clouds opened and a downpour of rain fell. This is like a moment in Pirates of the Caribbean. Seaside Me storms cute. are hazardous, and in the chaos as people fought for shelter, Amicus and I believed that we would make our gateway getaway down an alleyway until we heard the captain's boots still clamoring after us in a determined hunt. I could feel the polished blade of his cutlass whistle through a wind behind me. At that very moment, much to my relief, his foot landed on a recently made puddle of rainwater and he slipped and fell into the cobblestone. Amicus and I were free to make our getaway, but at that moment, some fool pulled a large horse carriage at the end of the alley and stopped, blocking our route of escape. Behind us, I could hear the captain rising to his feet and re to resume his chase. Our time to escape was limited and I began to panic. The driver stopped his carriage with the wheel, blocking any hope that we had of climbing beneath it. Amicus did not hesitate. With a superior height, he leapt into the air and seized hold of the carriage's roof. His boots kicked the side of the carriage as he pulled himself atop, and he looked back to cast me one last pitying look before he disappeared over the <gasps> other side of the carriage, leaving me to my fate. Amicus! Okay, we're not- Am I would never leave you. Aww. The captain advanced upon me, but at that moment, a policeman appeared at the far end of the alleyway, loudly blowing his whistle. The captain lowered his cutlass in confusion and turned away from me to face back to the policeman. Behind me, the door to the carriage opened and a man in a black hood, a man who I presumed to be the carriage driver, peered out at the scene in the alleyway. I wasted no time in pushing the man out of my way and climbing into his carriage before opening the door on the other side and tumbling out. I thought he was going to steal the carriage. Falling to the ground in the process and dirtying the sleeve of my jacket with flecks of mud. That's what you're worried about. <gasps> Behind me, the man in the black already. hood, why is he in a black hood? Who is this man? Closed the door to the carriage and whipped the reins, spurning the horses for onward. I fought to climb to my feet and I fled, leaving the encounter with the captain behind me. I wandered through the streets of Malave I wandered through the streets of Malavayara, but there was no sign of Amicus. The rain fell like a veil, cloaking the figures on the street from my view, making making it even more difficult to find my friend. The storm was overpowering me now. A screaming gale nearly forced me off my feet. I knew at once that I should seek shelter. Unfortunately, or through some cruel karmic retribution by the will of an angry god, my resonance was on the other side of Malavayara. The storm was growing in intensity, so much so that debris was beginning to fly amongst the fierce winds. Water was flooding the streets as puddles formed, overflowed, and grew to consume the bricks. I was desperately in need of a place to wait out the storm, so I began searching the shops that adorned the sides of the streets for one that was open to no avail. It was getting far too late for any respectable establishment to have its doors open to customers. Rather unwillingly, I found myself huddled deep in an alleyway. The rain soaked my clothes and chilled me down to the bone. It was there that I suffered for an unknowable amount of time through the buildings around me weakened to the, weakened the wind to a slight frigid breeze and the downpour was barely tolerable. 
By the time the rain stopped, I was shivering. My clothes were damp and each movement that I made sent droplets of water flying from my body. My shoes were nearly ruined from being submerged for so long in the growing ocean that had once been the street and my toes were numb from the icy temperature. When I exhaled, a cloud of oh, that emerged from my mouth and my spine would quiver. I was shaking, though I know not if it was from the unbearable cold or the sudden realization of my predicament. Even from where I was hidden in an alleyway, I could see the sky above, though even this is using the word though a lot though even though i already knew what would be waiting for me my stomach sunk even deeper and deeper as i slowly let my refuge for the malvarian streets my gaze still fixated upon the sky okay these sentences are so long that was all one sentence oh a waning gibbous moon <gasps> super specific <laughs> cloaked behind the clouds of stone hung with an abyss of black that sparkled with white stars I was in disbelief, though I could not tear my eyes from the sight of a night sky. I hadn't seen one in so long and believed I never would as long as I lived in Malaveara. But here I was. I was so suddenly overcome with emotions of such a powerful fear that when I finally did manage to tear my gaze from the moon, my face contorted into a wide smile and I began to laugh until tears were streaming down my cheeks and my breathing had turned ragged and tired. Aww. A memory of an event that had taken place mere months before that night had come to mind as I stood shaking in the frosty night. I had been in my den taking shelter for the night when from outside came a sudden ruckus. A panicking man was running from house to house banging on the doors. Even now, so many years later, I can remember the sound of his screams. Wait, you just said it was a couple months before. Now <laughs> years? Get your, your facts. facts straight. Get your facts in line. That would not hold up in court. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I don't belong out here, he was shouting, pleading to be let inside. I had the blinds pulled over the windows, yet I still ducked down in front of my desk when he came to my door and wrapped his fist on the wood. Please, somebody, they're coming. I froze in place. I did not dare to rise from my chair to cross the room. From where I was from where I was safe inside my own home, I listened to the man attempt to rush to the next house, but I never heard him knock on the door. He began to scream, and then his screams turned to howls, and the howls to whimpers before all outside was silent. As quietly as I could, I rose from my chair and I went to my bedroom before closing and locking the door and tiredly climbing into bed, where I would toss and turn for the rest of the night. The morning after, I left my home to see a tattered jacket lying on the street in the same area that that man had <gasps> shouting. People trampled on it as they made their way down the street. Was that to be my fate? To fall victim to whatever foul nightmares prowled the streets in the darkness? It appeared that my only chance for, for survival would be to seek shelter in my own home on the other side of Malaveara. I feared that if I remained in place much longer, whatever unseen monstrosities that I had heard every night would soon be upon me. I had no time to waste and began my long trek. I strode along the streets, weary to be traveling in plain sight. I looked to the shadows of the alleyway, thinking that they would not prove an invaluable hiding place, but the darkness was so absolute that I could not tell if there was anything moving within the shadows, and it was then that I caught my first glimpse of a denizen in the night. <clears throat> he looked to be old, as his hair was ashen and his black eyes seemed sunken and filled with a hollowness dug through years. His crooked teeth smiled at me beneath a wide-brimmed black hat, and his black trench coat seemed long, almost too long. He was a tall man, so tall, in fact, that at first... What I makes believed... a trench coat too long? If you're tripping on it or something? Yeah, it was like floor mm. line. He was a tall man, so tall, in fact, that at first I believed he was levitating in the air. <sighs> 
Startled by his sudden appearance, I quickly, I quickened my pace, leaving that vile alleyway behind me. I dare not look back over my shoulder for fear that he would be following. It wasn't until I reached the end of the street that I ventured a quick glance over my shoulder and saw, to my immense relief, that there was no one. My relief was short-lived as I looked back down the street and was met with a shock. I was fully aware that the amount of nighttime ghouls wandering the streets of Malabayara was vast, though I was not aware of the full scope until that very moment. The street was lined with a wide array of strange creatures, and I now knew that my assumption of these nighttime stalkers not being human proved true. The pungent stench of decay and squalor filled my nostrils as I stood paralyzed by the horrifying sight before me. Creatures sat in doorways, motionless, paced the streets, restless, or stood huddled in unsteadily close circles, whispering in indiscernible voices. None of these nocturnal freaks seemed to pay me any attention, however, so I wondered if it might be impossible to simply walk down the street. My only other option was to detour through an alleyway, but without knowing what sinister entities lurked in the shadows, I could not bring myself to enter the alley. Trying to keep myself from shaking so harshly, I began walking down the street and past the ghouls. As I wandered past a group of people who had no color to them whatsoever, not on their skin or clothing, I could only catch a few select words. Catalyst, crystals, gates, oblivion, before the group went silent when I approached while keeping their heads bowed in a circle, unmoving. I passed like a by a dope group. <laughs> I passed by I want to be in this club. I passed by a man in a faded gray cloak who was lying against a shop and peered at him as I passed, only just only to discover, to my horror, that he had no face beneath his hood. <gasps> Though as I stared, two eyes began to push outwards through his skin before the skin opened, pushing the eyeballs out onto his face where their brilliant <laughs> blue radiance watched me. I wonder if this is the guy from the hood from the carriage. I was just going to ask. Yeah. When more eyes begin to appear on his cheeks, <gasps> forehead, and chin, I walked a little no, faster. No, 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 no. away while feeling the heat of their intense gazes on my back. No, thank you. Oh. It took everything that I had not to break into a sprint, though my face glistened with sweat and I now buried my hands in my pockets to hide the shaking. My breathing was heavy and I struggled to quiet my gasps. At this point, I hadn't even made it halfway down the street. Nothing about this was natural. The monsters were real, and they had come. I passed another circle of colorless people, watching a few more words, catching a few more words, and Corsair Syndicate. (laughs) Syndicate's the name of an Assassin's Creed game. Maybe they're talking about it. (laughs) Isn't that like a spy word? Yeah. But I was almost wheezing. Finally, I reached the end of the street (laughs) where a raven-haired woman was wearing black clothing and holding a white umbrella was standing with her back to me. She looked around and caught my eye. Her face was pale, her skin almost ghostly. The woman turned to face me, slowly reaching out a weak hand. Please, are you here for me? She asked in a voice that was a little more than a whisper. So empty, so cold. No, no, I stammered, backing away as the empty lady slowly moved closer, her hands still extended. I'm sorry, I can't help. Suddenly, a rough hand clamped down on my shoulder and pulled me so violently that I was nearly yanked off my feet. Instead, I rolled around to find that a sailor, covered completely from head to toe in a muddy grime, had grabbed me in his cold, unyielding grasp. His eyes flashed darkly, filled with a bitter malevolence, but his beard seemed to be made of something other than hair. I felt my stomach sink when I saw his beard move and realized that it was made of fingers, some twitching, others pointing towards me as if to grab me. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, 
Ye ain't one of us, he croaked in a hollow, gravelly voice that sounded as though it had come from an abyss at the end of the ocean floor. Ye don't belong here. Let go of me, I struggled to pull away from his hold. The empty lady was still crooning behind me. He was slowly pushing his face closer to mine and the fingers reached out for me. At the oh. last second, I pulled my head back and threw it forward, feeling a satisfying crack where his nose was as he stumbled back, oh. releasing me from his powerful grip with the clammy fingers seized hold of my face. Shrieking, oh. I pulled away, but the fingers did not relinquish their hold. His beard stretched as though he had a long arm protruding from his face, and I could hear the gruesome sailors cackling in my ears. It was only when I opened my mouth and bit down on the fingers, trying to climb inside that he howled in pain and the fingers retracted. Oh. Disoriented, I scrambled to get away, my footsteps sounding like thunder on the bricks as I ran for my life. I paid no attention to the freaks lining the streets or the circles that went silent as I neared. Instead, I was so caught up in my mad dash to even remember which direction I was going. All that mattered was getting away from the monsters, but that feat was impossible in a city filled with them. My fearful run began to garner the attention of the creatures. Some seemed uninterested, others called after me, but some lunged to catch me. A woman with long, greasy black hair dove at me from a familiar alleyway, her lips parting sideways to reveal jagged, broken teeth, and she hissed at me. Panicking, I nearly mm -hmm. lost my balance trying to turn to turn a new direction and ended up running beneath an archway into port luna the nocturnal forbidden area where no stalkers would dare wander after dark for forces far more chaotic and malign than they inha inhabited this area for a moment i thought i caught sight of the ghostly sailor wandering the edge of the port with a lantern in hand but his beard was not as proclaimed and he was wearing the garb of a captain the sudden howling of a wolf somewhere nearby startled me, and I reflexively tensed up at the sudden sound before it abruptly stopped. Everything seemed so quiet in the fort, which I thought was odd at the time, but the reason why did not occur to me until much later. During the day, in addition to the rowdiness of the market, there was the constant crashing of waves against the docks and the squawking of seagulls. That night, the ocean was impossibly silent, and the only living things were watching from the shadows, their presence felt but unheard. I so desperately wanted to run from that unholy place, but my feet seemed locked in place. I was paralyzed with fear, my whole body tingling with shivers. It suddenly became very cold. When I looked out over the ocean, the moon did not illuminate the waves. Instead, the water was blacker than the sky, so it more resembled an endless abyss yawning over the horizon. It felt as though my blood were burnt, returning to ice as I stared, numb, at the unnatural, unrecognizable sight before me. Rather unexpectedly, I felt an ancient presence nearby, and all of the other malevolent entities seemed to disappear as it drew nearer. Sweat rolled down my brow as I felt it moving over the cobblestone to my side, but I did not dare look. Instead, I stood in mute terror, trembling and squeezing my eyes shut, praying that tonight was the night that I met an untimely demise. When I opened my eyes, the ancient creature passed me by, and I caught, and I caught my first sight of its massive form. From what little that I can remember, it had skin whiter than anything I'd ever seen, and it seemed to be twisted and pulsating while it prowled on four legs. Whether they ended in paws or claws or some other appendage, I did not see. It turned to face me with a deformed face, though I could somehow tell that it had a mildly interesting, musing expression. expression. Its eyes were hollow, but all-seeing. Its mouth was permanently open, as though it had not finished what it had to say, and it never would. This indescribable creature surveyed me for a moment, then it spoke in a voice unlike any human's. This was a voice that a human would be incapable of making, for it resonated with eons of life and whispers of debilitation. It did not move its mouth to say these three words that have haunted me ever since that night, echoing in my dreams and hiding between the sentences of everything that anyone has spoken to me since. 
At once, I regained control of my body and turned to flee from that repulsive port, and I have never returned. I do not recall how exactly I returned home, for my mind was a spiral of madness for many months after my encounter with the ancient entity. But despite my slow recovery, I have not remembered. Even most of the creature's form is a blur in my memory, as the mere sight unraveled my mind for quite some time. From what I have been told, I was found in my house the next day, raving like a madman and laughing to myself. I spent many years in a recovery clinic, and I have not seen Amicus since his abandonment that <gasps> <gasps> Mm-hmm. Now, years later, I live my life quietly in Malaveara. I found honest work, and I'm often inside my house hours before and after night falls over the city. Somehow, I know that I will never be able to leave. But those three words the creature spoke are forever ingrained in my mind. Even running them now sends shivers down my back and a dull pain through my head. Despite my uncountable nightmares about the agent entity saying these three words, I've tried to forget. I now write them, hoping that I find some solace in revealing my knowledge and praying whomever reads them will someday find that they do not remember these three words. Welcome home. What are the words? Welcome home, human. <gasps> the end. Wait, so... The monster said that to him? Yes. Cthul the monster was Cthulhu, I'm assuming. Because Cthulhu is oh. an entity. So does he belong with the monsters? Or I'm confused by the... Because he's saying, welcome home. Like, he's sending him home safely? Or... I think he said, welcome home, human, because the human is now, like, part of the monster realm. Mm. He's saying, like, you're now stuck here forever because you've seen me. Oh. Oh, no. Which is not good. Um, the comments are so funny because it's people just being, like, as he said, they, like, copy the last paragraph, but the last three words are all, like, stupid. Like, send me nudes. <laughs> 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 okay, and that is my spooky story. It was very spooky. I, hope you, oh, I, thought, I hated that finger beard. Yeah, that was gross. Oh. I, I like a monster story. Yeah, monster stories are fun. They're a very good time. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. If you have something you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five star review on iTunes. Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? This is just a stupid topic. I don't care. No, we need something with brevity and lightness. Yeah, because next week's gonna be stressful. So. Uh, oh. Okay. Okay. Um, I want you to tell me what it was like. What like pirates were really like? Oh no, <laughs> they weren't good people, Sarah. It wasn't as fun as the movie. I know, but I want to know like what real pirates did and like where they were. And, like, I know that Blackbeard was a real person, and I know there were a couple of lady pirates, but, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just curious about, like, what that actually was like, and, like, how, you know, because I love Pirates mm -hmm. of the Caribbean, <laughs> and I was thinking about it. Okay, okay. Did they really Sarah? drink all that rum? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> probably, I don't know. Uh, Sarah, do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? 
Uh, what do my dreams mean? Uh, we've talked about this. Dream interpretations? Oh, no. We've talked about why we have dreams, but not what we mean. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what are the different, and what are ones that are like, like interpretations that are like backed by psychology versus ones mm -hmm. that are like people backed like by like psychics or like random yeah, people yeah. interpreting, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, excuse my yawning. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about that. Okay. Let's do it. Yay. Yay. Let's talk about these things. All right. That's we're either going to be mm, like, <laughs> um, we're either going to be really depressed next week or just like emotionally numb from the past four years and the continued struggle. Yeah, and I who mean, knows I if there's going to be a coup. And <laughs> it's true. Although if we record on Monday, it's not going to matter because. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. We'll just be even more anxious than ever. More anxious and more anxious than ever. So that's what's coming at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Excuse me. I don't, I'm sorry. I keep burping. <laughs> That's what's coming at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. This is, you know, what I've been wondering. <laughs>